who were not challenged in any way until I took an astronomy class in summer of 2014. The professor there was a devoted Christian, and while he constantly encouraged his students to embrace Christian ideas, he didn't teach the universe was created in six days about 6,000 years ago like most fundamentalists believe. I won't bore you with too many details, but in that class I learned for myself how to measure the age of the universe by multiple means and realized that the universe was closer to 13.8 billion years old than to 6,000 years old. I learned that performing various measurements on bright sources of light tells us what elements give off that light, how the wavelength of that light has been affected by its movement toward or away from the Earth, and since we know the speed of light in a vacuum, how far away the light source is and how long its light took to reach us. I calculated the age of the universe myself in that way, and by methods involving the expansion of the universe and the cosmic microwave background radiation. Scientists were right about the age of the universe. Hello, welcome to our second podcast in the Apologetics series. We're very excited to be joining you today um, out there in the multiverse. Well, we'll see, universe, multiverse, whatever we live in. We're having uh, questions just about the reality of, of, of uh, the, the universe today. How old is it? Um, and what are different scientific arguments uh, for or against that? What does the faith experience, the Christian experience say? Is it a young earth, old earth? We're just we're just jumping in today. So we're Connections Community Church. This is Connections Cast with X in the middle. I am your host, co-host, John Lasky with uh, Dr. Talby, who's our fearless leader of Connections uh-huh. Church. Hi. And that's Dr. Talby. And then we're also joined by our fabulous guest, Alex Armstrong, who is uh, quite popular around these parts. Um, Alex, uh, it's very good for you to join us today. Yeah, glad to join you guys again. Cool. Bye, Alex. So today we're taking that clip that you just heard of Genetically Modified Skeptic talking about um, the lack of validity for an, a young Earth creationist account that, that the Earth is only 5,000, 6,000 years old kind of what you hear from the biblical accounts for people that take a more literal interpretation of, of cosmology, um, the, the study of how old the, the earth is and uh, the nature of the universe. So, um, so yeah, this, uh, this gentleman was um, really challenged when he took an astronomy class um, that basically posited that the Big Bang and old earth is the most scientific way to, uh, to think about the universe. I'm um, just jumping right in, Alex. Um, uh, can can it be possible that that you can be a Christian and believe in an old Earth interpretation, or are do we have to literally believe in in uh, the young Earth interpretation to be biblical Christians? So, I mean, to state my position on this, certainly, I think you can be a Christian who sincerely takes the Bible. Um, at face value, um, you hold it up in high esteem, you look at it as the Word of God, and you can understand it uh, to be consistent uh, with a universe uh, that's, that's much older than a few thousand years, that's, you know, uh, billions of years old, or whatever the, you know, the, the ultimate age ends up being. Um, however, you know, I think we should acknowledge that there are certainly Christians um, in the church that don't hold to that view, that would place a much higher centrality to that 
Uh, and that's essentially the, the segment of the church that genetically modified skeptic grew up in. Um, and so I think, this, this, you know, to reflect more on his personal experience, I don't think he came from a background where uh, the interpretation of the first couple chapters of Genesis was, was an open question that you can you know, reasonably disagree on. That was a very essential aspect of the faith. And so for that to be challenged obviously played an important role in his deconversion. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of the train got not derailed, but it got really shaky because it was so on that track of it being a, a young earth model that, that when there was the potential that the train could go in another direction, instead of him kind of saying, oh, maybe this uh, train track of old earth, creation, old earth creationism and that God can still exist in an old earth creation paradigm, that just shook him off the track completely and he fell off the, the train of faith. Um, if you're if you're following with that, it, it sounds like it sounds like uh, instead of thinking, uh, and, and we don't actually know exactly his thought process where where he went from young earth creation and to just complete uh, lack of God. But uh, uh, where I was going with that is that um, did he? Um, where was I going with that? Good question. <laughs> it's, I don't know. While you catch your thought, uh, uh, Alex, I've, I've heard uh, two different uh, people argue. I can't remember the name of the uh, man. He was a PhD. He was a school teacher. Uh, and it was it was a YouTube video, and he was arguing for the young Earth uh, position. And then Dr. Hugh Ross was his. Uh, debater, his opponent, and he was arguing for the old Earth position. Dr. Hugh Ross, you may know, he is an astronomer and trained uh, in that in that uh, discipline, and he makes the argument for the old Earth, and he says that the Earth is probably 14.9 billion years old. And the other guy, whose name I cannot remember right now, was uh, saying no, absolutely not, because when you read the Genesis account, he said that when God uh, created, you know, the first day, and it was morning and evening, and that was the first day, the other guy was saying God meant what he said. It was a day. It was a literal 24-hour day, and Dr. Hugh Ross was saying no, they were day ages, and then the word in Hebrew for day uh, really I think it's nom, which can mean a period. So what do you say about that? You know, as we think about how even within the Christian community, there are arguments and disagreements on whether in Genesis, it's it's a, a literal 24-hour day of the creation account, or is it a, a day age, a period? What yeah. do you think? So uh, I actually wouldn't say I come down on any particular interpretation, and I would even throw out that there's there's much more uh, uh, options available to people that are trying to interpret the books of, uh, book of Genesis. I mean, one popular example um, that I think has come up recently was from a professor at my university where I graduated from, Wheaton College. So he's an Old Testament scholar. Um, his name is John Walton, and he uh, wrote a book called The Lost World of Genesis, and he talked about um, in his view how the, you know, the, the days of creation are six literal days of um, creation, but not creation in the sense that we think of things popping into existence out of nothing, uh, but something like the erection of a temple, which is something the Jews would have been much more familiar with. And so the Genesis narrative is meant to 
uh, evoke this idea of the temple being constructed, similar to Solomon's temple having a, you know, several days of construction with each day bringing in important elements, and he talks about this in detail. So I don't bring that up to go into detail there. There's a scholarly debate there, but uh, the day-age interpretation that Hugh Ross mentioned, the literal six 24-hour day interpretation is one of several options that, you know, sincere, intelligent Christians have held. And so, you know, there's there's total value in going into that. And I would encourage people to, you know, go on YouTube to find books by Hugh Ross, for example, or by John Walton, who I recommended talking about this. Um, I think the first thing I would say to people who want to really dive down the rabbit hole, so to speak, is to recognize that there's two distinct uh, questions being raised here. One is the biblical question, which is, you know, before we look at the science, you know, what did the ancient Israelites, when they were hearing these words, what did they understand this to mean? And so that's just a, a biblical question. Read the words, understand the ancient Near East context of that writing, and try to make sense of it. And then there's the second question of what does the scientific evidence that we have today say? Um, and ideally, we want those two questions to be investigated separately uh, so that we can do them with integrity and, and without bias. And then we need to come together at the end and ask, you know, what is our best understanding of Scripture and our best understanding of nature say? And how can we make sure that those two things agree? Because I think as Christians believing that God created the world and he's the author of truth, those two things shouldn't be in conflict, that they should come together and adhere. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's the task of, of the theologian, to figure out how to you know, put those things together. Mm -hmm. But I would maybe leave open the question of what's the correct interpretation. You would um, leave that open. So what is the evidence for the young earth versus the old earth? What's the evidence? Uh, so to, I guess to keep that distinction, are you thinking, like, what's the evidence for a young earth interpretation of the Bible or the scientific evidence for it? Scientific. Scientific. Okay. Um, so I guess I can start with the scientific evidence that genetically modified skeptic brings up. Uh, it was the one brought up in his astronomy class, which is the question of what's called you know, the starlight problem, is what you'll see if you, if you Google it for young earth creationists. Uh, and so the question here is, you know, we know the speed of light. We've measured it in a variety of contexts. Uh, and we also have uh, a variety of means of assessing the distance to various stars. Uh, this is done through a variety of means of measuring the properties of light. Uh, we can study those properties here on Earth, and then we can infer them uh, about those stars, and we can use all of this information to therefore predict how far away these stars are and how long it has taken that light to reach us. Uh, and what we know from doing these calculations is that these stars uh, are billions of light years away, um, which if you think about what that means, billions of light years away is light year being a unit of distance. It takes billions of years for light to travel billions of light years. Uh, it makes sense when you think, when you say it like that. And so the problem then is, you know, it, taking that at face value, unless God created the universe with the light already on its way to earth, uh, then you know, we, we shouldn't be seeing uh, light from stars that are billions of uh, light years away. And so this is the problem that uh, was brought up, at least by genetically modified skeptic. Um, if you go to additional uh, things where you talk about the age of the Earth, you get into things like radiocarbon dating, or not just radiocarbon dating, but you get into other forms of just looking for regular patterns in nature, and then you trace those back and you see uh, whether you're looking at ice cores, uh, in the poles, or whether you're looking at the rock layers 
uh, that have been forming over time. I mean, these are all things that uh, are just a small sampling of the evidences that, that scientists look at to try to date uh, the age of the Grand Canyon, the Earth as a whole, or the entire universe. Yes, and Hugh Ross, he, he kind of makes the point of what you said about using telescopes to be able to look back into, I guess, time is the best way to say it. Yeah. But to, yeah, to say uh, that uh, there were, I forget whether he said billions of light years, that some of these stars were billions of light years away, and the man who he was debating you know, was saying, that's, that's impossible, but saying, no, we can actually see way back in time. So, I mean, that fascinated me that that we can do that. So so you are aware of that as some of the evidence of being able to look back uh, however many, however you measure that, light years away to see stars and, yeah, stars before they would actually be uh, in existence. Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, it helps to uh, think, for example, that the light that's emitted from our sun takes time to travel, you know, past Mercury, past Venus, and make all of its way to Earth. It doesn't happen instantly. Um, it takes, you know, several minutes for that light to reach us. So, you know, you'll see sci-fi movies or something where they'll show, you know, if the sun were to suddenly vanish, we wouldn't know about it for a couple minutes. The sun wouldn't be there, but we'd still be seeing the light making its way towards us. And then eventually, you know, the sun would disappear, but that'd be minutes after it actually happened if you were on the sun. Uh, and so when you start pushing the stars even farther back, farther away than the sun, that time takes even longer until it takes billions of years for it to reach us. Uh -huh. Wow. So that's going to be the arguments that someone like Hugh Ross would point to. And sure. I'll acknowledge I haven't gone into all the details. I mean, certainly you need to go into a lot more if you really want to debate those things, but that's kind of a summary. I don't know, John, if you have a follow-up question to you. No follow-up question, but it's it's getting a little dark in my apartment. Does that mean the earth is burning out, Alex? <laughs> no, I think you're safe. Okay, thank you. Thank you. But to answer, I, maybe I, I didn't really get to the second part of your question, which is the evidence that for young earth creation. So, yeah. uh, again, I'll admit, I'm not personally a young earth creationist. And from my experience talking with young earth creationists, uh, I actually don't get the sense that there is a, uh, a, a consistent effort to say that all the evidence points towards the Earth being a specific age. What the young Earth creationist position is, is largely that scientists are kind of overconfident in their inferences that they're making. And so what you'll see, I think, when you read a lot of uh, young Earth creationist critiques is they try to distinguish um, what they'll call, I think, experimental science versus historical science. And they'll try to argue that any science that's trying to understand, you know, our current world, when is water going to boil, how does, uh, you know, what objects are going to float, these are questions that science can answer with a lot of confidence. But that if you try to ask questions about the past, you try to use science to answer, um, you know, what did uh, the shore of California look like, you know, a million years ago, that you're doing a much more... Uh, low confidence kind of science is what they'll try to argue and they're going to say it not not just that it's lower confidence but that it's just we can't really even be certain about it mm. and so then they'll marshal kind of forth a bunch of points to try to uh, discount uh, the evidence that an, that an older creationist would point to and just say we can't really know these inferences are too shaky uh, and that the methods we use aren't reliable now I'm not usually convinced by these arguments but that's typically what you'll find 
Uh, I don't think I've ever really seen Young Earth Creationists put forth a consistent set of, you know, 10 different techniques that have all measured the age of the Earth to be the same value. Uh, and they're providing, they're generally just skeptical about our ability to know anything from science about the history. Hmm. Uh, and I think so sometimes, now, oh, go ahead, Dr. Ptolemy. No, go ahead. I was going to say, and I think sometimes that, that skepticism without the same um, rational scientific like approach sometimes might throw off some people that are, are listening to the arguments and they're like, some Christians just they're just throwing they're throwing shade at the issue. They're they're just saying, you know, here you know, you're not you're not proving it the, the normal the the normal scientific way, so so you must not have any evidence behind what you're saying and and I think that that sometimes discredits um, Christianity being a thinking faith. Yeah, I think that uh, the way in which we engage with scientific ideas and how we communicate our doubts. I think, you know, for people who are committed to the Young Earth Creationist picture, uh, I think it's important that they brush up on what the reasons are that people believe in the age of the Earth if they're going to critique it. Mm -hmm. I think they should do so on the basis of scientific arguments, uh, and I think some Young Earth Creationists try to do that. They get PhDs in, in physics and in geology, and they try to make these arguments. Uh, and I think that that's, you know, if you're going to support the Young Earth position, which is you know, a tiny minority mainly exists amongst conservative Christian groups. Uh, I think that you know you should do it uh, with a scientific attitude, even if your primary reason is biblical. I think that that's kind of the best way to emphasize that even if you disagree with the majority of uh, scientists on the age of the earth, you're willing to do it in a scientific manner as best as you can. Mm -hmm. I think it's when we just say the Bible says this is the case and that's what I believe that it just projects this this unwillingness to really understand why people that aren't Christians or people that are Christians believe that the earth is older. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I was going to ask, uh, Alex, from your discipline, your training in, uh, as a, as a phys it's physicist, right? Yes. Yes. So what would you say? Uh, do you support the genetically modified skeptics? Point uh, about there not being a, enough evidence for a young Earth, or do you do you take a different position? Uh, so personally, I'm going to agree probably with most of the the arguments that genetically modified skeptic put forth for the age of the Earth. I believe uh, the the mainstream kind of scientific position on that, uh, and then where we differ is just. Uh, whether there's an interpretation of Genesis that is honest to the text, you know, reads it at face value, but also agrees with what the science shows. Hmm. And I think that this segues into kind of one of the important things that uh, he brought up, because you know, in his video, I recall him mentioning that you know he was aware that there were other interpretations. He went to school, got a minor in Bible, so it's not like he assumed that the Young Earth Creationist was the only position. Right. Uh, but then he raises this interesting. Uh, objection, which is that he felt that uh, even if he were to consider these other interpretations and come to accept that there's you know an older interpretation that agrees with uh, the consensus view in science, that he would have felt frustrated that God would have given us a text that was that confusing. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so he says this alone was him was reason for him to not try and find the interpretation of the Bible that works because he believes that if God wrote the Bible that there shouldn't be disagreement amongst theologians about what the Bible means. Mm -hmm. And I think this 
really gets a, a, a central objection for uh, a lot of people. And and that's that that would almost go to the fallibility or infallibility of the human mind. He's kind of saying that that if God if God created if God created um, human beings, why would He allow us to have doubts? Why would He allow us to have these spaces in our understanding where we would question Him, where we would question the truths of certain things, and have such a thing as a lie, have such a thing as a as a fiction? Like, why would why would that even be allowed? I think, and and I mean, my point of my point of view is worth a grain of salt, throw it over your shoulder. But, but it's that, you know, that like what he's like, what Paul says in Acts is like, we're, we're to grasp, grasp toward him and grope in the dark towards him. That there's, that sometimes, you know, there's like revelation and understanding is kind of this slow process. It's kind of this buildup where people that are truly seeking God, since I believe he exists and since Christians believe he exists, almost is wanting us to to gradually come to greater and greater understanding of him. He doesn't just want us to be robots that kind of under that have this amazing software processing system with everything already downloaded that says, oh, 6,000 years ago, Grand Canyon was formed, blah, blah, you know, he, it's, it's this you know, this continual grasping. And, and I think that kind of turned them off, didn't it? That there's like, that people can be confused and that that God doesn't necessarily just inject us with with similar thoughts. Yeah. No, and I, and I think, you know, to be fair to him, I think, I'm sure many Christians would, can relate to some of his struggle in wondering how it is that there are people who seemingly, you know, are sincerely reading the Bible, but come away with, you know, horrible motivations and act in ways that we would consider evil. I mean, you just have to look at the history of the world and the way that Christianity has been used. And I think we'd be naive to say that every person who used the Bible to justify horrible actions was disingenuous. Um, I think the human mind is capable of reading, you know, a variety of of things into any text. Uh, And so I think that the Bible has... You know, people sincerely reading the Bible have used it to do evil things. Mm. Um, and we would only question, you know, whether they truly were, you know, led by the Spirit and whether Christ was with them, and we would challenge that. Mm. But there is this this interesting question of why people can read the Bible and come away with, with these incorrect understandings. True. Um, and I think that's a legitimate question to be wrestled with. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and on that note, I, I think that there are some things, like even the uh, old age, new age... Uh, earth question mm-hmm. that are not essential truths. I mean, that's the bottom line. So, so Christians can agree to disagree because it's not essential to, to our faith. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, but, uh, I mean, there, there are essential truths for mm-hmm. Christians that Jesus came, uh, he, he ministered, he died, he rose again. I mean, that's an essential truth. Mm-hmm. But now, whether or not the age of the earth is new or old, uh, it, it really isn't essential to our faith. So I, I think what I'm saying is I think that we can afford to have these kinds of discussions and uh, and hear all, all sides, um, and, and it makes it interesting. Now, for someone who is not a Christian, Alex, 
what would you say? And I, I mean, I know the the, the skeptic, the general, how is it, genetically modified skeptic. He yeah. was saying why he became an atheist. But for those who are already on that path, and they say, "Look, I'm already an atheist," or, or, or I'm a, you know, agnostic. What would you say to them about this old age, new age uh, debate? What would you say? Um, I would just say, similar to, uh, I, I think what I would say is just that sincere Christians have held different opinions about this for since the beginning. I mean, you can read, you know, Christians in the third, fourth century that didn't hold to a literal interpretation. And I think to say that that's the issue that would drive you towards or away from Christianity uh, is just, uh, it's a not, you're, you're missing out on an opportunity. Consider a worldview that's had such an influence um, and has provided meaning to so many people that I think that there, there's a much, there are many better places to dive in. Even if from a skeptical standpoint, you want to ask a question uh, that's, that's more from a skeptical position, I would encourage you to look at, you know, did Jesus really rise from the dead? Do we have reasons to believe that God exists? Um, you know, can God be an explanation for you know objective moral values? I think these are really good questions to start with if you have a skeptical mind. Questions of you know what does the Bible say about the age of the earth? I think these are questions that you can wrestle with way further down the line. Mm. Good, that's good. Thank you now, for. Uh, oh yeah. I was just gonna say thank you for sharing, Alex. Um, you know, uh, just wanted to take a little break to just to share who Connections Community Church is. We're a church of uh, Bible-believing Christians, but that we're a place where you can belong before you believe. You don't have to hold the exact same opinions that I hold, and you're probably listening to me thinking, uh, if I have to be at church with that guy. Well, luckily, there, there are a lot of different people that will be at our church from all different walks of life, all different ages and orientations even, and... Uh, and so we're just a church of, of people that want to come alongside you from all different um, points of view, but we're Bible-believing, Christian-believing, well, Christ-believing Christians. And uh, so we're just so thankful for you joining us today, Alex. And uh, I think, Dr. Talby, if you have uh, another question. Um, I don't. Oh, I don't. all right. Well, then, <laughs> then thank you so much for joining us today, Alex. And uh, any final thoughts before we uh, close? Thank you for having me again. I think these are great topics, and I really encourage people to dive more. There's only so much we can do in a short time, so cool. I hope people's uh, appetites uh, are, are you know, engaged by this. Cool. Awesome. And maybe and even, John, um, yeah. Let them know that our next podcast will be on um, biblical, uh, the theory of, of biological evolution. Oh, wow. Are you guys? Whether or not that's biblical. Are you listeners out there ready to tackle evolution? Well, that's what our next topic is going to be, and we will try and engage with it honestly and curiously. And uh, and so join us next week. Actually, this might be a, a two a two topic week. You might be able to get two two shows for one this week. But uh, thank you for joining us and uh, signing out. <laughs>